he stood there in approval. He watched as stone after stone was thrown. He deserved it. This was the punishment for blasphemy. Throw those stones, he thought. Drop your coat right here by my feet and let it rip. He deserves it. Eventually, no more stones were needed. He stopped moving. He stopped breathing. He was dead. And from there, he received permission to seek out others like that man, Stephen. He wanted them all that way. He would go from house to house to house and bring each of them out and throw them in jail for all the blasphemy that they speak. Yes, all of those followers of the way would get theirs. These people, these followers of the way, these Christians ran. They didn't just stay in Jerusalem. This great persecution led them to other places, like Judea, like Samaria. This great persecution helped spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Because of it, it was proclaimed wherever the followers of Jesus went. But this guy was so determined that these followers not, were not going to get away. They were not going to get away with this. No, they were to be brought back into Jerusalem in chains. Didn't matter if you were a man, a woman, or a child. All were to be arrested. Now, while he was out there chasing after these followers of the way on the road to Damascus, everything suddenly changed. And sometimes that's how it works. Everything suddenly changes. And here you have an epic conversion. Saul is hauling along the road with a couple of his crew in tow. And all of a sudden, bam, boom, bright lights. We're in Acts 9, 3 to 5, if you want to follow along. A light from heaven suddenly surrounded him. So bright he couldn't see. The only thing he could do was to fall to the ground. And then he heard a voice, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul asked, who are you, Lord? And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Who are you? What a, what a, a great question, right? Who are you that, that you can stop me dead in my tracks? Who, who are you that the light is so bright I can't help but fall to the ground? Who, who are you? I am Jesus, 
I am the one you are persecuting, Saul. You see, you think you are pursuing heretics. You think you are are chasing after people who are, are not speaking truth. Well, you're wrong, Saul. You're wrong. You are persecuting me, not them. You're calling me a liar, Saul. You are saying what happened is not truth. Those who persecute my followers, those people like you, Saul, they're persecuting me. You see, Saul wasn't persecuting Christians. He was persecuting Jesus. Today, those who pursue and persecute Christians, who pursue and persecute you and me, are persecuting Jesus Christ himself. The same way that Saul was. Because believers are the body of Christ here on earth. Now, before we leave the rest of this verse and move on to 6, let's take a little bit more time and investigate this meeting. Saul asked, right, who are you? And the voice replied, I am Jesus. But, but oftentimes we miss that, that there is more than just a voice here. It's not just a voice that Saul encounters. Saul encounters Jesus. Jesus is there on this road speaking to Saul. He's telling him face to face, Saul, you're persecuting me. And Saul sees him. He sees Jesus. Well, how do we know that? Well, keep reading on in Acts, right? 9.17, it says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road. So we know for a fact that Jesus was there, that Saul saw Jesus face to face. So so now we can continue on. Now that we know that Jesus is there speaking directly to Saul, he says in verse 6, get up and go. All right, there's that word again. Get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Get up and go into the city and wait for the next steps. So he does, except he can't do it alone, right? He's blind. After picking himself up off the ground, he opened his eyes, and he was blind. So so now this crew of Saul's, those two who are intent on destroying the followers of the way, lead him into Damascus. Now, now here's the thing. The guys there heard the sound of someone's voice, but they didn't see anyone. Speechless, right? Speechless as as to what just happened. They lead blind Saul into Damascus. And once he's there for three days, three days, Saul does not eat. He does not drink. Now, after this, after Jesus appeared to Saul on the road to Damascus, Jesus spoke to a man named Ananias in a vision. 
Okay, so a, a difference here, right? Jesus spoke to this man named Ananias in a vision. But this just wasn't any man. This was a believer. This was a, a follower of Christ. And so here's what Jesus said to him in Acts 9, 11, and 12. He said this. He said, go. There's that word again. Go over to Straight Street. Isn't that funny? Everything's going to get straightened out over at Straight Street. Go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas, and when you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. This seems pretty straightforward, doesn't it? However, Ananias responds with that word, but. But Lord, right? You, you, you see it? Have you read it that way? But, but, but Lord, I've heard about this guy. But, but, but Lord, I've, I've heard the reports. But, but, but Lord, I've heard people talking about the terrible, horrible, no good things that this man has done to believers. But, but Lord, do you know what he does to the disciples, to, to followers of you in Jerusalem? But, but, but Lord, I know that he has the power. I, I know, Lord, that he has the power to arrest anyone and everyone who follows you. But, but Lord, I know he can throw me in jail because I believe in your name. So, so basically, Ananias here is saying, but Lord, I don't want to. <laughs> but, but Lord, no thank you. And like Lauren said when I was talking with her about this yesterday, she said, can you blame him? Can you blame him? Most, if not all of us, would have the same response. But, but Lord... And yet, and yet the Lord just told Ananias that Saul was praying to him. And then he says there in verse 15, go. That word, that just keeps appearing. That word that Jesus just keeps on using, go. Ananias, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument. He's my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles. He's my chosen instrument to take this message to the kings. Saul will take my message to the people of Israel too. Go, and, and I will show him how much he suffered for my namesake. The Lord told Ananias, even though you don't think he has it in him, even though you don't think he has what it takes to serve me, go. Even though you think he is the least likely person to carry my name, my love, forward, go. Go, for I have chosen him. Go. And isn't this the way? Sometimes the Lord uses the people we least likely think or we least likely believe would be his witnesses. 
He uses them as his chosen instruments. So Ananias went and he found Saul. He obeyed God. Let's go back last week. He obeyed God rather than man. He listened to the words of God, not of men. Now, here's the thing. Did he go by himself? Did did Ananias go and find Saul by himself? No. Who was with him? Who was in him? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will receive power. Ananias is not alone. Ananias is powered up. For the Holy Spirit is upon him because he believes in Jesus. He's a follower of the way. He has the Holy Spirit in him and because of this, he can go to Saul and not be afraid. So he went and he found Saul and he laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, filled with the Holy Spirit, Ananias greets Saul in a loving way. Not easy. Right? Not easy. It's not easy to love others when we are afraid. It's not easy to love others when we doubt their motives. Yet, like Ananias, we must follow Jesus' command to love one another, to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, to love our neighbors as ourselves. How? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Ananias continued, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road, he sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, it says. Instantly as he said this, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and something like scales fell from his eyes. And he could see again. He got up. He was baptized. He ate some food. He regained his strength. Now, there's a lot going on here in this culmination of this conversion of Saul. Saul saw the risen Christ, right? Yes. He spent time praying, three days, praying and confessing his sins, confessing his mistakes. Saul acknowledged Jesus as Lord. He surrendered his life to Christ. He resolved to obey him. And now Saul could see clearly the light of Christ that filled his heart. And he was baptized. Who's doing all this work? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is at work. The same Holy Spirit that came upon Saul comes upon you, friends. That same Holy Spirit comes upon you as you believe. That same Holy Spirit fills you up and gives you faith. That same Holy Spirit keeps you in this faith. That same Holy Spirit puts in the work in you and through you. 
for what happens next with Saul after his conversion. After he is transformed, he eats some food, right, to regain his strength. And then what does he do? He stays with the disciples. He stays with the believers of Jesus in Damascus for a while. And again, the word comes in. Immediately, he begins preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying he is indeed the Son of God. So, so, so just sit here a moment and, and see, friends, what the power of the Holy Spirit does, what the power of the Holy Spirit has. See what the Holy Spirit can do when it's inside you. The Holy Spirit opened Saul's eyes and heart to forgiveness through Christ. And because of this, he boldly confessed his name. He who wanted to murder the followers of Jesus boldly confesses Jesus as Lord. He goes to the synagogues to tell the Jews, those that he wants to kill just previously, about this Jesus. And he doesn't wait around. Notice that immediately. He doesn't wait around. He has a story to share. So filled with the Holy Spirit, he shares his story of how he came to faith in Jesus Christ. Right now, does Saul have all the teachings figured out perfectly? No. Has he spent years upon years of studying the faith? No. Do you need to have it all figured out to share your story? Some of you said no. Do you expect only those who have studied the faith to share the story? Oh, my. The church is going to be dead if that's how we answer. I'm going off script now. The church will be dead if we expect only those who have studied the faith to share the story of Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. That's the truth. Pastors are leaving the ministry because they're burned out and tired. There are not men or women coming forward to step forth and serve God in capacities as professional ministers of the gospel like they once were. If the church is not the church, if the body of Christ does not be the body of Christ, it's not going to look the same. The church of Jesus Christ will never die. Churches will die. But the church of Jesus Christ will never die. Do you expect only those who have studied the faith to share the story of Jesus? No. And if the answer is yes, then friends, we really got to pray for the Holy Spirit to work inside us. You see, while it's important to study of the Word of God, really, really important, while it's important to, to grow in, in our faith and, and the understanding of His words, it doesn't mean you and I still can't tell people our story. It, it doesn't mean that you can't share with others how Jesus has worked in your life, how He's changed your life. You don't need to wait to tell others what the Holy Spirit has done in you. 
Saul couldn't contain himself. He was so filled with the Holy Spirit that he proclaimed. He learned more. And he preached so, so powerfully that the Jews in Damascus could not refute his proofs. That Jesus was indeed the Messiah. And this didn't happen solely because Saul was a brilliant scholar, which he was. Even more convincing was how Saul had lived his life and now how his life had changed. These people who knew Saul, they knew who he was. They knew what he believed. They knew what he did. They believed the difference in Saul was there because of Jesus. They believed in Jesus now because of the difference that came upon Saul by the power of the Holy Spirit. He wasn't living for himself. He was living solely for Jesus. He was no longer trying to throw these people in jail. No, he wholeheartedly was proclaiming Jesus and his love to them as the resurrected Lord. He knew Jesus. He knew the Bible. But he also lived the life as a follower of Christ. How does one change? How does one go from cheering on the stoning of a man to death to boldly confessing the name of Jesus? How does one go from afraid of speaking to the one who is out to get the believers of Jesus to placing his hands upon him and speaking to him for Jesus? The answer is the same. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings change. The Holy Spirit is the only one who can bring change into the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit fills you up with power. The Holy Spirit gives you and me the ability to share our story with others. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to grow in our faith. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be his witnesses. Friends, faith in Christ brings great blessings. But along the way, it's going to bring great suffering too. In faith, friends, God calls us to commitment, not to comfort. In faith, God promises to be with us through hardship and suffering, not to spare us from them. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter how you came to faith. It doesn't matter how you come to faith. The right way to come to faith in Jesus Christ is whatever way God brings you. So embrace your story. For you who believe, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is ready to use you. As Jesus said, you will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you will be my witnesses. Acts 1.8, right? I've been hearing it every single week. It just fits in. You will be my witnesses. You, friend, no matter your story, no matter your past history, you've been saved and redeemed, forgiven and freed. And now you're sent. You're sent, filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's go. I'm going to keep going. You can come along if you want. 
Let's get out into the C4. Let's get out into those neighborhoods that God places us in. Carrying the name of Jesus in what we say and how we live. For whether you know it or not, Jesus is risen. He is risen for you and me and all of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.